Well, Isis, welcome. Great to have you guys join us in our Wednesday night midweek madness slot. And uh, for the last few weeks, we've been cheering and um, interviewing a lot of our leaders and our steering team and our financial team. And tonight, we're blessed to have Andrew and Amanda Johnson with us. And they've been with us for six, seven years now. Andrew's been on the leadership for quite a while. Andrew runs our Men of Honor um, in the church, the men's group on a Monday night as well. So welcome. Good to have you guys here. Um, we're excited mm -hmm. what God is doing. But before, before I even start the interview, I must remind you guys, remember Sunday, Father's Day, very important. So you guys, all you girls out there, mommies out there, remember from 10 to 12 or 9 to 12 or 10 to 12, I'm not sure, 10 to 12, I think they said, on Saturday, we're going to be having daddy's gifts out in the front in, in, in the car park. So you can just drive in, collect your dad's um, present from the church, uh, Father's Day present, and you can go give it to him on Sunday. So if you don't know about it, be careful, you're going to miss out on a nice prize. All right, very important that you guys are here on Saturday. Andrew, Amanda, you guys have been together, you say, 14 years now? That will be 13 years now in July. Next month. Yeah, next month. Next month. Yeah. So you're 13 years married. Yeah. Andrew, you're a policeman. All your life, basically. No, my, I actually, after school, rugby played a big role in my life. Yes. So after school, I went to university, believe it or not. Okay. And then I did a teaching degree there, which I finished, and then I went to the police. Uh, and then I was going to do my national service to the police, but then I just stayed on. I was basically involved uh, with murder and robbery most of my police uh, career. That's right. How long were you in the police or before you uh, I was 18 years. 18 years? Yeah, yeah. And all that 18 years, probably 15 years was murder and robbery. Murder and robbery. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. That's so, so yeah, it was, it was a hectic time. Though. It was here in the 80s, uh, 90s, and then... Uh, we uh, we were we were basically so involved in in those days in the work that it wasn't actually a, a, a job; it was more a lifestyle. Lifestyle. I know you guys worked hours and hours and hours. And Amanda, you come from a police background. Your dad's a policeman. Your brother's a policeman. How did you and Andrew meet? Through the police? Through rugby? Actually, I knew him from the rugby days. He's um, played rugby, my brother, and um, they played together. And then I met him through one of my other brothers who organized a date for me. And I didn't actually want to go on the date. And eventually, it took him three months. And then eventually, I went on the date. And then I knew this was the man I was going to marry. It wasn't He wasn't the guy that I knew previously. Yes. There was a total, total change in his life. Okay, so we're going we're to get to the change in life. But many people don't know that you played rugby for EP for almost 10 years? Yes, 11 years uh, I played 128 games. Flank? Flank, yeah. Who was the eighth man when you played there? Man, when I started off, it was... Uh, actually, I played in 78, I played eighth man, and they moved me to flank, 79. It was it was Bully Saffrontaine and Neil Sneiman. That's, that's right, yes, yeah. Uh, we were chatting before the time, and we were saying... Uh, when I was 13 years old, under 13A, Charlotte Primary School, we played a open, uh, curtain raiser. Those days they used to have curtain raisers. That day, the Erasmus was packed. Yeah. Rugby was the rugby back then. Um, and that day, you guys beat the Bulls. That's right. And uh, I said to you before, it was almost like we had won the World Cup <laughs> in the Eastern Province exactly. because we beat the Bulls that day. You were part of that winning team. Yes, yes. Your conversion. Now, now, I'm asking your conversion because... I mean, I know the murder and robbery guys. I know. I was in the police force myself for 15 years. You know, there, there's a... 
it's a hard line to be a Christian and a policeman. It's not impossible. Mm -hmm. But but like you said, it's a lifestyle that you get involved in. It's not just like you go work from 8 to 4. That's not how the police force works. Um, and I think we've all had our, our days of partying and all this kind of stuff. But but God touched you at the age of at 48. Yes. On my 48th birthday, on the 15th of August 2006, uh, I went through a, a very difficult stage in my life. But I believe God orchestrated most of that that, uh, that, that, that I got to a place of, uh, of a complete, uh, I was down and out, you could say. But it wasn't because of God, it was because of choices I made. Correct. But I yeah. got to a stage where I was at my lowest. And then I remember, uh, um, you know, there is a God, although I didn't really reach out to him in my, up, to the, up to that stage. And then as I went into a, into a space there, I just felt on my, fell on my knees and I just called out to this God who is God. And I said, if you're there, uh, here I am. I can't go on anymore on my own. <clears throat> and that was uh, a drastic, drastic change in my life because there Jesus appeared to me personally in this uh, townhouse where I was staying in my bedroom. It was a personal encounter and he actually uh, said to me, I've been waiting for you. Sure. So, so for me, that was something so special, my, my, my encounter with Jesus and my salvation. And I mean, that night I slept for the first time in nine months. I put my head on a pillow and I slept like a baby. Yeah. I woke up and I'll tell you now, everything looked different. The, the same trees, the, the leaves were greener, mm. the grass was greener, there was, the walls looked brighter. So then I realized there was definitely something that's happened in my life. But it's that encounter with Jesus that changes everything in our lives. Absolutely. It's that it's that moment and and we were saying just now that it's one thing to to answer this in this prayer on a Sunday and it's one thing to stick your hand up and it's one thing to come and to the front. But many Christians miss not the desire, but people they miss the passion to actually meet Jesus one on one. Okay. It's like for many Christians, it's like he's just the guy in the Bible. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that does his miracles. He's the guy that died on the cross. He's the guy that got buried and resurrected. But not many Christians pursue a personal encounter with him. Like, I know in my life, you know, we were in the same place. We lost our daughter. We were down and out. Um, I knew about him. I'd grown up in church. I'd stuck my hand up 500 times. I've said the prayer. But I never seek an encounter with him. And the day he met me, there is no way that I can even walk away from that. And I know, you know, a lot of people think, well, you're very set in your ways, or, or you might be religious, or you might be too strict with stuff. But, but you had such an encounter that you refused to waver yes. between two truths. No, you're right. You're a man that, if it's the truth, it's the truth. And that's what you said. Funny enough, good. You know, the, the, after the encounter, the first week, it was, it was absolutely so strange for me to, to see things in a different light. And then I realized that my, my, my worldly ways, uh, I was in the world, but I was not in a space where I could compromise even in the world. Yes. It was either black or white. Okay. There was no gray areas. Mm -hmm. So if I did things in the world which were wrong, I did it, I did it in, a, mm -hmm. in, a, in a hard way. I, I used to properly. yeah properly. properly yeah I didn't I didn't beat around the bush so everything and then I realized that God just took those 
characteristics of mine and, 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 and he just put them over into my same space as I was growing in the kingdom. So uh, in the kingdom, I do not uh, really regard any gray areas. Yeah. It's either right or it's wrong. Truth right. or lies. Correct. Mm. Amanda. Now, many of you don't know Amanda, myself and each other, more than 30 years. Um, on and off. you just before you, you guys started Oasis. That, yeah, yeah, well, we've been going 20 years now. Yes. And we knew each other just mm. before that even. Your encounter, you, like I said, you, I've always seen you as, as a believer. But, but you got to a place where you said, one day something shifted. Yes. You want to share that quickly yes. with us? Yeah. I, I've gr I grew up in a Christian family. Yeah. So we knew church. But I was just thinking, while, we, while we, um, Andrew was talking now, I was just thinking, I had a major encounter. Um, it was about 1992, 1993, um, where also it, I had this, somebody came and it, it was a vision that I had that took my hand and I walked. Sure. With this, somebody holding me with, with just like this man's right hand and I was a little girl and I was walking with this man and then about a few weeks later, somebody came to me and said, I've got a scripture for you, Isaiah 41.10, which is, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. And then I realized, but that was my vision. Mm. So that was my encounter. Encounter. And it, it's been, it's been a quite a roller coaster ride being on my own since then, because I was then 22, 23 years old. Yeah, yeah. And you and were single. I was single, yeah. and, and um, it, it, it's a difficult walk. And then when I met Andrew, I was not going to get married again. Yes. I was not, I was not interested, but um, then I met him, and I had my criteria. Mm. That I asked the Lord, this is what I wanted. I wanted to marry somebody that was a little bit older than what I yes. was. I needed somebody that was not just, a, he needed to be a big man, but he needed to be big in the spirit as yes. well. And I needed somebody that would be there. And when I met him, I just knew, but this is what I asked for. So you made you feel I had safe. that letter. You I felt had, safe. Yes, yeah. I had a letter that I wrote to the Lord, and I still have that letter to today as to the man that I wanted to marry, and I wasn't going to compromise for that. Wow. And then when he came along, it was like three days, and I knew this is the man. And how long had you been saved? It was about and a year. No, I say no, 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 it was about four or five months. So it takes four or five months, you yes. had this encounter, yes. you were writing this letter, yeah. mm. you guys, your brother and he played rugby, mm. you know her dad, all these years, yeah. never yeah. made the connection, yeah. you get saved, you have an encounter, four months later, you guys meet, yes. married 13 Eight years. months later, yeah. we married. Eight yeah. months later, married. Yes. But just coming coming to, <laughs> to the marriage side, yeah. you must realize that that uh, we both come out of uh, uh, divorce backgrounds, but God, in my embryo stage, there were a few things that he gave me specific uh, specifics on. Yeah. And the covenant of marriage was one of them. Yes. And uh, uh, I realized that when... Amanda and myself got together that if there was anything going further that this marriage would be a covenant marriage Correct. And, uh, and 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 God has honored us to this day for 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 realizing that although our past is past but this was something that was put on our path and, and I believe it's, it's it could be a, a ministry tool as well Correct. Because uh, we both come from a blended background, blended families and stuff like that, which is rife in the church. But uh, there is a lot of people that don't, that don't have the, 
the, the, the freedom to go and talk about their blended families yeah. or uh, or don't understand it. Don't understand or, it. Or yeah. don't even know how to yeah. journey that kind yeah. of thing. So, now, yeah. now, one thing that we know about you, and I've said this to you before, Andrew, men of honor, he loves men, takes care of them, mentors them, loves youngsters. You know, we've watched him bring so many men through the ranks. People naturally are gravitated to, to Andrew as a father figure. And Yet you've always played a massive support role and you've never run off to grab your own ministry or your own calling or your own gifting. Although you operate your own gifting and your own calling and your own your talents, but you've really been a, a big support in Andrew growing in this process. And I think I said the same thing with Stephen and Sean and you know with Dilla. We forget what a massive role our wives play in our lives. You know, for, for me, Chantal was very much the quiet one. She's in the background. She's like a little, she's a little prayer warrior. That's, mm. you know, you leave Chantal in the room, she'll just pray the whole day, you know, and, she, and when I leave, she says, I'm praying for you. When I come back, she'll say, how's going? And, and she's, my, she's my person I speak to. She's my person I rely on. She's the person that, that if she says, if somebody says to me, they're going to pray for me, and it's her, I know she will pray for me. Yeah. You know, she's not going to just like, <laughs> you've very much supported your husband strongly through this thing. Um, it, it's important, the word of God says, if two or three agree on something that, that he's done. And in marriage, it's quite important to support your husband, Amanda. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, re I recognize his calling, the calling on his life. And for me, it is a, it's an honor to be able to step into his calling with him. Correct. Because we are equal. We, yeah. we are on him as my husband. He's the king, priest, and prophet yeah. of our home. Yeah. But in the spirit, we equal. Yeah. So I can warn, I can fight with him, yeah. not against him. Yeah. And the more stronger he is to be who he is, if I understand that yeah. role. And I'm happy to be in that role because it's also for me, it's an amazing to have the freedom. Being married, now I have the freedom as a woman. Yeah. To be able to stand next to him when he ministers. And I like you said that because a lot of them will, will duck in behind. Yeah. And they think, well, we've got to follow and that's the one thing I like about the two of you. You walk side by side in ministry. Yeah. Even though you got the men, you walk mm -hmm. side by side in this ministry. Yeah. And then also when, when the freedom, for me to have the freedom to when he speaks, I can speak as well. Yeah. He allows that because we understand our strength. So he gives you a voice. He gives me a voice. He doesn't, he doesn't kill my voice. Yeah. And I think I have more of a voice now being married to him than what I had when I wasn't married. I hear you. I hear you. And a bigger freedom. Yeah. And that's a big thing. It's a really big thing that you can feel that freedom in yourself because, one, like you said, it makes you feel safe. Mm. Two, you know the calling of God upon his life and the anointing of God upon his life. Three, you walk next to him and not behind him bragging. You're not looking for your own ministry. You're supporting him. But you, you don't see Andrew's ministry as Andrew's ministry. Even though he takes care of the men of honor and takes care of the men in the church, it's still your ministry. Yes. Even though you're a female part in it, it's still your ministry. And and I think that's what I love about the guys, that you, you constantly walk like that. I mean, I'm sure you guys have your disagreements and you have your, your difficult days and that kind of stuff. But at the end of that, always comes back to, so God, what is it that you want to do in my life? Mm -hmm. What is it that you want to do through me? What is it that you want to do in me? 